Ah, motherhood. One minute, your mom of the year. I love you, mommy. Then the next? Mm, not so much. From bath time to bullying, from potty training to puberty, parenting is full of challenges. But one thing is for certain, you are not alone. Welcome to Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, author, mother, parenting expert, Tara Clark. Join me while we tackle today's Modern Mom Problems. Welcome back to another episode of Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, Tara Clark. If you like what we're doing, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. Today's topic is infertility, finding hope and support with Stephanie Levitch. Stephanie Levitch is the founder and president of Family Match Counseling, a world-renowned fertility consulting firm specializing in finding egg donors, sperm donors, and surrogates for her clients. Stephanie, the first of her parents' three adopted children, long carried the desire to help other hopeful parents start their families, a calling that intensified when she found herself in the throes of infertility herself. Ultimately, it was IVF that helped Stephanie achieve her dream of becoming a mother of two. Now, with over 20 years of experience in the fertility field, Stephanie has helped give the gift of family to more than 3,500 families. She also recently authored the children's book, From the Start, a book about love and making families as a resource for parents to help educate and celebrate the birth story of every child. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So as I mentioned, you are a family builder. Can I say that? I I feel like that's like a, a good term, right? So you're a family builder, Stephanie. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So yes, I have been in the field of family building for just over 20 years. What inspired me to start my work in this career was my own adoption. So my mom, very sadly, at the age of 13, she had a tummy ache and my grandparents took her to the hospital where they discovered the most random, just fluke, could not tell how or why infection that had gotten to be so severe that the only way the doctors thought they could save her life at the age of 13 was to give her a complete hysterectomy. Wow, that is heavy. It, it was. And, you know, it was before she could even think about having children. She was so young and she was robbed of the, the ability to be able to do that. And the cool part of the story, though, is when she was 16 or 17, she met my dad and she had this big crush on him. They started dating, but she didn't tell him about the hysterectomy because she was so afraid that he would leave her. And then one day, to her surprise, he got down on one knee and proposed marriage and she just started crying. And she said, before I answer, I have to tell you something. And she told him and his response was, I am so, so sorry that happened to you. We will adopt. Are you going to marry me or not? And (laughs) he's a keeper. That's how you knew he was a keeper. Totally. And and so they did. They got married and adopted me. I came first and then later who became my brother and my sister. And I have the best parents in the world. They live five minutes away. They're the best grandparents to my kids. And just the idea of helping people like them become parents was so compelling. And the path it ended up taking was this, what I do now, which is um, surrogacy, egg and sperm donation. But I'm so fortunate to have helped it's it's about 3,500 families now achieve their dream of becoming parents. That's incredible. That's incredible. Thank you for the work that you do. 
Oh, it's, it's a labor of love, no pun intended. I can't imagine ever doing anything else. And what even furthered my interest in this work was 10 years into doing this work, I tried to have my family and my husband and I tried and tried. I was in my early 30s and I was diagnosed with, or I call it a lack of diagnosis, but I was diagnosed with unexplained infertility. So they can't tell what's going on, but it, nothing's working. IVF finally did, which I am so, so thankful for. And I've got my little eight and 10 year old miracles as a result. But this is all just to say that family building is something that I'm so both personally and professionally invested in. I consider it my life's work. And I'm so grateful for you having me on to talk about this because I think it's really important that we have these conversations. It really is. I'll share a little bit of my story so that at least you know then where where we're at with our own infertility struggles. My husband and I are also high school sweethearts, like your parents were. And we had it in our mind to start, we got married at 26, but we didn't want to start having kids until we were about 30 because we felt like that was the age that was right. Like, let's do it at 29. We'll have kids by 30. You know, that whole timeline that people like make up in their head. Well, we were making this up in our head. And so we started trying when we were 29 and I had my first miscarriage and I found out when I went to my first doctor's appointment and I was about 12 weeks because at, at the office we were going to, they don't see you until you're 12 weeks. So I went in 12 weeks, long story short, there was no heartbeat. It was my birthday that day. It was the worst birthday ever. And my husband was in Disney World for a conference. And so we had to call him from, the doctor called him from the office and explained it to him. It was a terrible, I mean, that's a whole nother episode altogether. I'll skip that. I am so sorry. That's awful. Thank you. Thank you. It was, it was really gut-wrenching. And because everyone's like, oh, happy birthday, Tara. And I'm, I'm sitting at my desk, like absolutely miserable at work. So that was, that was challenging. So a few months later, we try again got pregnant again right away. So that was, I got pregnant right away with the first one, lost it, got pregnant right away with the second one, lost it, and had to have DNCs for those. Long story short, got pregnant right away for the third one. And we're like, oh, this is going to be it. You know, third time's a charm, this and that. Also same thing, went in around 12 weeks or so, 14 weeks maybe, no heartbeat, had to have a DNC. So then we're like, something's going on. Like what is, this was so much of an emotional roller coaster that we just need to sort of like step back for a bit and say like, what is happening here? And we took some time and we thought about it. And then when we were emotionally and physically ready to try again, we started to try again. And then we had unexplained infertility. Mm. So we had gone from three for three, as far as trying and getting pregnant and succeeding to now, no matter what we did, it wasn't working. And that's maddening in itself because you're like, but it was working. And why is it not working now? I just, it doesn't seem to make sense. And so eventually we went to a fertility specialist in Manhattan and uh, it was determined that, or he made the diagnosis that I had polyps. And so I had polyps removed. And then after I had the polyps removed, then we tried IUI and it was on the fourth try of IUI, which he essentially said, if this IUI does not work, then you have to start IVF. And here we are thinking like, we went from trying three times and immediately getting pregnant to not being able to get pregnant. And now we're looking at IVF. We're like, what is happening here? And so on the fourth try of IUI, it worked. I got pregnant with my son, Jack, 
I kept him. And here he is now 10 years later, and he is my miracle baby. Uh. And, <laughs> and I always said, when we were in the office one morning, because for anyone that has experience with infertility clinics, you're often there very early in the morning because they open up like six o'clock in the morning before you can go to work. And my husband and I are like there at six, six thirty in the morning. And we looked at each other and we were like, if we have one healthy baby, we will never ask for anything ever again. That's it. That's the only thing that we'll ever ask for because we don't want to not whether it was like ask for too much or, you know, we, we were saying that like, you know, everyone has certain like blessings, right? And we didn't want to like get too greedy with our blessings. So if we just have this one blessing, that's all we're ever going to ask for. And then, like I said, here we are later with a very healthy, happy 10-year-old boy. And so that is my infertility journey. Oh, well, thank you for sharing that. And I'm so glad it all worked out. It is so hard when you're in the thick of that. It's really, for me, it was the uncertainty of like, if somebody could tell me even five years down the line that this is going to work, that I'm going to be a mom, I'd say, okay, I can, I can get through that. But every month going through the treatments and I, like you did IUI first, my doctor said after three, we'll talk IVF and the third didn't work, but you keep spinning your wheels, doing these things, hoping for a different outcome, but without anyone telling you this is going to definitely work. And so it's just so hard. It's so, so hard. It's so hard because when this happened, I'm trying to think of the date now, it was 14 years ago. So we didn't have social media the way that we do now, where we're talking about these really heavy, very serious, important topics. You know, Facebook wasn't what it is now. The, you know, the, there were Facebook mom groups. People weren't really talking about that kind of stuff back then. Instagram was not what it is now where people are talking about this. I had never felt so alone in my life when we were going through pregnancy loss and infertility. And why do you think, Stephanie, that there's such a stigma around infertility? Gosh, that's such a good question. And I think there's so many reasons for it. And I think there's different kinds of stigma that exist. I think there's societal stigma in terms of what we as women are quote unquote supposed to do in life, which is, you know, find a partner, get married, have kids. And when something goes wrong in that plan, it's like society sends us all these messages that that's not right. That's not okay. And so you feel that you also feel it from the people in your lives, friends, family members, parents, in-laws, you know, like, when is that baby going to come and, and that pressure? And so you, you feel it there, but then you also have the internalized stigma of this is something I'm supposed to be doing and something's broken within me that's not allowing it to come to fruition. And so you feel that guilt within yourself and maybe with your partner. If, you know, for example, bless my husband, he wore this as a badge of honor for years. The doctor told him he had Olympian sperm and he to this day thinks that's amazing, but yet something wasn't working. So it was something within my body. And I felt, you know, shame surrounding, like, I can't give him what he can do on his own and what is wrong with me. And, and I was coming from a place of having helped people build families for about 10 years when I was going through my infertility stuff. So, I mean, I, I, it was my life and yet still there, I was feeling the shame within myself, feeling alone, like you said. And so I can only imagine people who have never been exposed to this before, but, you know, I think, like you said, with social media and, and these conversations that are happening on a much greater scale now, that is 
is what's going to help to remove the stigma because it's like all things, mental health, addiction, whenever you raise your hand up and say me too, and, and bring these topics kind of out of the shadows and shine a light on them, you see that you're not alone and so many people are struggling and we can have these conversations and help to remove that shame and stigma associated with it. That's my whole mission in doing what I do because I think that if there's one person that I could reach where I, from where I was 14 years ago, you know, if I could reach them now in a similar way, that's really all that that matters to me. And, and my one best friend, Goldie, she told me, this was like a couple of years after I had started Modern Mom Probs, and she was like, see, Tara, that's why it happened the way it did. It gave you a story to be able to tell. And so she, she was probably the only friend that was there with me during that entire process because she was my best friend at work at the time. And so we were always together. And she said, that was it. That's why you had to endure that journey the way that you did so that you're able to, to share with others and so that other people know that they're not alone. It's so true. And it's apropos that we're having this conversation. I don't know when this will air, but it's National Infertility Awareness Week. And this is the perfect time to be sharing our stories. And I can't tell you whenever somebody posts a celebrity or something talks about their fertility struggles online, we get flooded. And the tears that I hear from clients saying that so-and-so, you know, shared their story and it made me realize I'm not alone. Sometimes when you are surrounded by people having these conversations, you don't realize that that's not everybody's experience. And so just you sharing your story, one person sharing to another person could be the thing that really helps a person get through this. This episode is brought to you by Modern Mom Style Box. Upgrade your wardrobe and enjoy unlimited styles for just $60 a month. Modern Mom Style Box is the first rental clothing subscription designed exclusively for moms and moms-to-be. Get started today with a free trial. Use promo code PTO. Mm -hmm. So this week is National Infertility Awareness Week, but this is going to air in May, which is Maternal Mental Health Month. So we're all keeping it together in the family. Yes, yes. I love it. So there's so many options, right? There's IVF, there's surrogacy, there's egg and sperm donation, there's adoption. I'm sure there's other things maybe that I can't think of. Can you shed some light on what the breakdown of costs could be? Because obviously there is some sort of economic cost to these things, right? To these options. Yes, there is. And it really varies. And my very short answer is it just costs too much. Um, unfortunately, it's just too much. And it's really sad because a lot of people who would be amazing parents who want this just can't afford to go through it. The good news is, is there's, you know, grants and, and different financial programs available to help people in need, but it, it costs a lot of money. And it really depends on the level of treatment that you're pursuing. IUI costs less than IVF. I mean, IVF can be anywhere from 10 on the very low end to 20 plus thousand dollars. Medication, as you know, is very expensive as well. And then when you get into things like egg donation surrogacy, I mean, the costs are astronomical. Surrogacy, for example, when you consider all things, all in legal fees, the money the surrogate is compensated, agency fees, all things minimum all in is about $150,000, oftentimes even more. Insurance is a factor that's very common. 
costly. So as you can imagine, this just prices so many deserving, loving people who would be amazing parents out of the market of having kids. And it's really, really sad. Yeah. Is it any of it covered by insurance? Sometimes, if you're very lucky, there are some policies that will cover a portion, but not typically when you get into things like egg donation and surrogacy, they might cover a portion of IVF. Yeah. I want to talk about adoption. Yes. And so let's explore that a bit. When we were looking to start our family and build our family, we weren't sure if we were able to biologically have children. And so we were thinking possibly about adopting but where does one start? I feel like it's easier to go to a fr- infertility clinic and say, help us do this here. But I feel like I don't understand the process of adoption. Can you shed some light onto that? Yes. And while it's not a field that I work in, I refer out to a lot of adoption attorneys and agencies for people who want to explore that path, which is something I very much understand because like you, without knowing if these fertility treatments were going to work. I just needed to know that some way, somehow I was going to be a mom. And so adoption was a a path that, you know, I, I seriously considered, but I think the best place to start is working with an agency or an adoption attorney who specializes in this. There's no clear right path into adoption, but just talking with the people who do this every day, who work with birth parents who are needing to place a child or make an adoption plan for their child that can connect you with them you know, the challenging thing is oftentimes there's a big wait list, there's a lot of uncertainties. So it can be really, really challenging. But I want to share something about my adoption, which is such a part of my story that I think will kind of lead into some things about the book that I wrote. But whether it's IVF, egg donation, surrogacy, adoption, any of these things, I think a really important conversation to have is how we share these topics with our children. How do we talk about how they came into this world? And with my own adoption, my parents, they framed it as a celebration of love, you know, saying things like your birth mother loved you so much and she wanted to give you the best life that she knew she was not in a position to give you. And we loved you without even knowing you and had so much love to give a child that you came into this world from love. And people always ask, well, when did they share with you that you were adopted? And my answer is always the same. It's just that I've always known because they use that word adoption before I could understand what the heck that word meant. And as I got older and wrapped my head around it, I understand my story and I understand it was, I came into this world out of love. And so that has really helped shape me psychologically. It's helped me really understand who I am and where I came from, which is so important. And I had the opportunity to meet my birth mother when I was 18 years old. My parents supported that. She's in my life now. She is not mom. She's Amy and she's a very important person in my life. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. They are my mom and dad, but but having that relationship and just understanding my roots in a different way. And, and my parents have welcomed her with open arms. She lives out of state, but she'll come over and we'll all have dinner together. And she's Aunt Amy to my kids because she is a special person in our lives. But you know, I think this stigma that that surrounds these ways that families are created doesn't need to be that way because families really do. It sounds so cliche, but they're made from love. It is not blood that makes a family. It is love. And her sister lives in my hometown, my biological aunt. We just have this extended family now of people who we love and who love us. And I think that's a beautiful thing. It's such a beautiful thing. Do you have other siblings from Amy? 
Yes. So she got married after having me and they had a child together, a boy. His name's Riley. And so he's my half biological brother. And And you know him? Illinois. I know him. We have a relationship. I mean, I've gone out there to visit a bunch of times. He comes out here. It's pretty neat. And then the other reason why I think we need to share these stories with our children is secrets don't have the ability to exist anyway, like they used to previously with things like genetic testing. And I will tell you a quick crazy story about genetic testing and how that's impacted my life. But I thought I knew everything I could learn about my biological family. I had sought out information about my birth father years after meeting Amy. And what I learned, it was very sad, was that he passed away in his 40s. And he didn't know I existed. He had a very small family. There was nothing else to know. So that book was closed. And I was just so grateful to have the relationship I have with Amy. Well, I opted to do Ancestry to really just find out my heritage. That was the main purpose because I thought I knew everything there was to know. But the day I got you know, the notification, your results are in, I log in and it shows you your matches. And at the top of the page was a picture of a woman who was around my age, who looked just like me in Los Angeles, where I live. And it, it says this number of centimorgans, which is like how related you are. And based on the number of centimorgans that it's shared, the only explanation was that she was my half biological sister on biological father's side. My mind was blown. And so I sent her a message and I'm thinking like, hey, you know, we have the same biological dad. Oh my gosh, let's connect. But it ended up being a much messier situation and it all worked out fine and we have a relationship and she's awesome. But through the knowledge of me and who I was, she learned that her father, who she thought was her biological father, her whole life actually wasn't. And he didn't know that either. So she was, it was very, a very confusing few weeks trying to sort through like, how could this be? How does this tie in? And that was the conclusion. And so it just goes to show that we can't keep secrets from our kids because even if you try, they'll rear their head later on and it can create so much pain. Wow. That is a phenomenal story that I, it took a turn that I didn't even think that it was going to take. So thank you for sharing that, Stephanie. And I also just wanted to plug the book because you mentioned the name of the book, but I just want to say it properly so that everyone could like run out and buy it. It's called From the Start, A Book About Love and Making Families. And it's about alternative family building methods. It is. Yes. It's a, it's an age appropriate book for kids to really just celebrate all the incredible, beautiful ways families are created. What inspired you to write it? Mainly because, you know, I work with clients who are needing the help of an egg donor, sperm donor, surrogate. And when they have their kids, they'd always come to me, what kind of resources exist to share my child's story with them? And a lot of amazing books exist that speak to something like, you know, adoption or surrogacy. But there wasn't a book on the market that spoke to all these awesome ways that families are created. And so while I think those books are important for something like adoption, say, what it doesn't do is kind of put into context the broader family building. So it kind of 
this book and, and how it highlights all these different ways, it will show a child that, look, this is how you came into this world and it's such a special way, but there's all these other ways that families are created and they're all magnificent. And so I really wanted to create something that any parent, whether they be married, in a relationship, single, same sex, hetero, can pick up this book and read the book to their child and have it tell their story. So any person can pick up this book and it speaks to IVF, any fertility treatment, surrogacy, adoption, sperm donation, egg donation, anybody can read this and it will apply to their their family. That's fantastic. I have to read it. Where, where yes, can everyone find you. it? You're welcome. Um, it's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, basically anywhere online that books are sold. Cool, cool. So now I'm going to ask you about some of the high profile clients that you may have. Is that okay? Sure. <laughs> okay, okay. So you have recently worked with Paris Hilton and Maria Menunos. Can you share what it's like to work? Obviously, you've worked with 3,500 regular people, but now you have some more higher profile clients. What's that experience been like? It's been incredible. You know, both of the women you mentioned are just people that I've always admired prior to having the opportunity to work with them. And they're, they're just wonderful humans. And what I would say is that I, I so appreciate them specifically. Jen Atkin was also a client who came out and shared that, you know, surrogacy is what brought her to her kids. And what I appreciate so much about working with clients in the public eye who go on to tell their story is, you know, we talked about stigma earlier and, you know, telling their story is what, like I said, allows people to realize that they are not alone. It's okay to talk about this. You know, so many people called, oh my gosh, if Paris Hilton can do this, then so can I. Maria Menounos, I'm rooting for her. If she can do this, so can I. I've been through it too. And they are changing the conversation surrounding family building in ways that I don't know if they even realize. And it's just such, I'm so touched to have been just a small part of that with them on their journey. I love that they're doing that. When Paris came forward and shared that she had her baby through surrogacy, one, I was surprised because I didn't know she was expecting and then she was expecting, right? And then they had this beautiful, healthy baby and that was wonderful. And it's true. It's not something that is as top of mind as I think IVF tends to be, right? I feel like everybody has a friend that's talking about IVF or has experienced it themselves. But surrogacy, for the reasons that you mentioned earlier in our conversation, is not as attainable for, for everybody. Right. And and it's still sort of taboo-ish. And I think that the more the people like M- Maria or like Jen or like Paris talk about it, then we can have these conversations. So I think a big part of our program has actually become helping these clients in the public eye with a need for privacy help to navigate this because while they might not have some of the financial constraints that other people have, it's a really scary thing to consider, you know, working with a stranger who who starts as a stranger to do this most epic thing of bringing your child into this world. That is terrifying. That's terrifying for everybody. But when there's privacy concerns, it almost feels insurmountable for them. And so part of my job is to really help them navigate 
the process and the relationship and the privacy so that they get to tell their story if and when they'd like to tell it. Just like everybody else, they don't have to. Nobody should be forced into sharing anything they don't want to share. And I want to say one thing, you know, a lot of people assume things about people in the public eye as far as why they've pursued various family building options. And it drives me crazy when I see on social media after someone will announce that they had their baby via surrogate, oh gosh, they just didn't want to gain the pregnancy weight. They just didn't want to be pregnant. And as someone who specializes in working with these types of clients, there are always things behind the scenes going on that nobody can know. I mean, people pursue surrogacy it's not just infertility. It could be mental health things. It could be a medication that they need to be healthy that is unsafe for pregnancy. There's so, so many reasons. And so I think it's really important for people to not judge or make assumptions. Yeah. I think that's really worth saying. Say say that one more time for the people in the back. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) I have to stay off of those posts because I want to go to bat for everyone and, and I can't, but yes, just please don't judge. Please don't assume. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes that nobody should have to share if they don't want to share. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can't wait to read Paris's new memoir. Me too. I have it right here. I, um, I haven't read it yet, but I'm very excited to. She is just an, an incredible human. She is. She is. So once you read it, let me know and then I'll. I will. (laughs) Yes. I bought it like on pre-order. I was so excited. That's awesome. I bet she's incredible. So Stephanie, tell everyone where we can find you. So my company is Family Match Consulting, familymatchconsulting.com. And you can read more about the book at fromthestartbook.com. Excellent. I had one more question, so I'm actually going to tack this on. Can you just walk us through the surrogacy process? Sure. Do you have like two hours more to spare? Oh (laughs) my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you kind of the bullet point. So surrogacy, there's something called gestational surrogacy and traditional surrogacy. And I always like to make that differentiation because a lot of people who are unfamiliar with surrogacy think that a surrogate carrying a child is biologically related to the baby they're carrying. That is most often not the case. We only do gestational surrogacy where it's the parent's genetics or egg donor, sperm donor, and the surrogate really is just the oven, as they say sometimes, or you know, she's just carrying the child. And surrogacy, it takes a long time. It's not always entirely uphill. It's about finding the right providers to help guide you through this process to find the right surrogate. The relationship with the surrogate that you have is so important. I mean, it's built on trust. You are trusting a stranger to carry your child on its face. That is a crazy concept. And so it's really about finding the right people and getting the right relationship in place. And once that happens, and and I'm part of facilitating those meetings when we find a surrogate, vet her, introduce them to the clients. And we have this beautiful meeting where we talk all about the process and get to know each other. And when it's the right fit, parents, every time after those calls, will get off these meetings. Like you can almost see the weight lifted off their shoulders. It's like, oh, okay, she's real. She has a name. She has a face. I got to know her family. I can do this. And so while it can seem so, so scary, when you get the right pieces in place, 
anyone can do this. And like I said, it's just about finding the right professionals who do this every day to guide you through it. There's a legal process. Attorneys are needed to establish those parental rights, obviously fertility doctor. It takes a village. And I'll tell you one cool story. So I, a client that I had worked with for the one-year birthday party, they invited every person who had been a part of the journey, the surrogate, her family, the fertility doctor, the attorneys, myself, everybody. And they called us all up one by one to take a picture with the baby. And while we were all standing, they announced, they said, look, I want you to look at this enormous group of people up here. If it wasn't for each and every single person here, you know, our child wouldn't be here. And it's, it's a really beautiful experience to be a part of because it really is a collaboration. And there's no more beautiful, profound collaboration than coming together to help someone become a parent and to help create a life. And so I am so grateful for my village and my community of professionals and friends and colleagues that I've worked with for over 20 years, because not every day is is happy. There's some really, really hard trying times in this process. And we lean on each other and come together to do this really cool thing. And so a shout out to all of my colleagues who are in the trenches doing this work also every single day. You gave me chills, Steph. Really, you gave me chills. Tell everyone where we could find you. Yes. So Family Match Consulting is my company, familymatchconsulting.com. I'm on Instagram, Stephanie Levitch. Company's on Instagram. The book is fromthestartbook.com. And I'm so grateful for you having me on. It was so nice chatting, Taryn. Thank you again for sharing your story. Oh, thank you for sharing yours. And thank you for coming on. Really, I'm just going to give you such a big kiss. Right back at you. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Modern Mom Probs. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive in today's problem with me, your host, Tara Clark. Join me next time when I'll be interviewing another great guest and tackling another Modern Mom problem. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and a rating. As always, you could head over to Modern Mom Probs on Instagram and give me a follow or check out my book, Modern Mom Probs, A Survival Guide for 21st Century Mothers, available online wherever books are sold. Well, that's it for today. See you next time, folks.